body aches at bedtime, Sierra Sil is a natural mineral supplement that supports joint health, calms inflammation, and we're so sure it'll work for you as it has for me and my husband for over 10 years. It has a money-back guarantee. Go to sierrasil.com, S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L, and use the code DRIFT for 10% off. Hello, I'm Erin, and welcome to DRIFT. I'm pleased to share with you today a tale that is literally about a fairy, a fairy tale, (laughs) and one that I had never heard before, so I'm hoping it's new to you as well. Before we get into The Fairy by Charles Perrault, a French author who was behind, many say, Cinderella, but also helped usher in the genre of fairy tales, let me thank you and thank my fairy godmothers here, Kathy and Kim from Envy Pillow. If you listen to Drift regularly, you've heard about their pillows and other luxurious sleep products made by this Canadian duo, friends first, then entrepreneurs who guarantee you a good night's rest. And I can tell you that I gave one to our 98-year-old best friend, Mira, who suffers chronic neck pain. And Mira says now, at night, because of its V design, she doesn't turn over all night to try to get comfortable, because she just is comfortable. But don't take my or even our friend Mira's word for it. Learn more in the morning at Envy Pillow. That's envypillow.com, where you'll get 10% off simply for using the promo code DRIFT and sleep with the best. Okay, let's get in a place of deep relaxation together. And just like life, it starts with a breath. Just a nice, slow inhale. And exhale. Now let's do it again. Counting four on the inhale. One, two, three, four. And a nice, slow six on the exhale. One, two, three, four, five, six. Good. Let's focus on the body for a moment, starting down at your feet. Just let them feel heavy on your sofa, in your chair, on the floor, in your bed, where your whole body is sinking into your mattress. Let your legs feel like wet, weighted logs. Make sure you're not holding anything in your hips or belly, and that your shoulders and neck are completely relaxed. No more working, holding up that busy head of yours. As your arms feel comfortable while you rest, let's move to your face. Let your eyebrows drop. Your eyelids feel heavy. Your mouth and jaw completely relaxed. And finally, with one more breath in, let's exhale together now and think these words. I am safe. I am loved. I am at peace. And if you're ready, let's drift. This story, The Fairy by Charles Perrault, 
begins, as so many do, with the words, Once upon a time, there was a widow who had two daughters. The eldest was so much like her in the face and humor that whoever looked upon the daughter saw the mother, for they were both so disagreeable and so proud that there was no living with them. Perhaps that is why the woman was a widow and still alone? Who knows? Now, as for the second daughter, the youngest, well, Emily was the very picture of her father, both courteous and sweet-tempered, and was, without a doubt, one of the most beautiful girls you could ever imagine. It's human nature, one guesses, to love their own likeness, and the mother in this story was no different. She even doted on her eldest daughter. And while it would have been kinder had she just accepted the lovely younger daughter as she was, the girl was not that fortunate. For her mother had an awful temper and an aversion for the youngest. She made her eat in the kitchen and work continually from sun up to long after the sun went down day in and day out. Among the many difficult chores thrust upon her, this poor child was forced twice a day to trek to the fountain that was more than a mile and a half from their house. Once she had drawn the water, the girl then had to bring home a huge pitcher full of it. Emily would tread carefully, but not slowly, for taking too long would mean more punishment from her awful mother. One day, as she was at this fountain, there came to her a poor woman who begged her to let her drink from the pitcher, for she was so thirsty, and the day was hot, and she felt that she could not live much longer without help from the young woman. Of course you may, with all my heart, said this pretty maid, and rinsing the pitcher, she took up some water from the clearest place of the fountain and gave it to her, holding up the pitcher all the while, so that it would be easier for her to drink. The good woman, having quenched her thirst, said to the girl, You are so good and so mannerly, so sweet and kind and beautiful. I cannot help giving you a gift. You see, this poor country woman, it turns out, was a fairy. She had taken on this other form in order to see just how far the civility and good manners would go. Emily protested, saying that she was only being kind, as she hoped that others would towards her. But the woman would have none of it and repeated, I will give you a gift, that at every word you speak, there shall come out of your mouth either a flower or a jewel. The girl nodded sweetly and waved goodbye with a bewildered smile, not quite believing what the simple woman in the woods had said to her. When at long last she wearily arrived home, 
pitcher full and missing not a drop, her mother met her at the door. Where have you been, you useless thing? Lying under a tree in the sun, I'm sure. The girl simply shook her head, as if saying no, keeping her eyes on the ground and not bothering to argue, for she knew that the woman would never believe her if she told her about the conversation that had really taken place in the woods. On and on her mother went, scolding her for staying so long at the fountain and threatening to kick her out of the house once and for all. Finally, the poor girl spoke up. I, I beg your pardon, Mama, for not hurrying more. And in speaking these nine words, there came out of her mouth two roses, two pearls, and two diamonds. Her mother jumped back in surprise. Then, composing herself and attempting a tight smile, she said, What is this I see? Do my eyes deceive me? Or are these pearls and diamonds coming out of this girl's mouth? How on earth are you doing this, child? Her tone softened, and Emily noted that this was the first time she had ever called her child. About the simplest word a mother could ever muster, as cold and hard-hearted as this woman was. The poor creature told her exactly what had happened, relaying the conversation with the humble countrywoman word for word and deleting not one detail. And as she did so, an infinite number of diamonds tumbled from her lovely lips. Well, for heaven's sake, cried the mother. Don't just stand there, girl. Gather them up. Hurry and put them on the table. Emily did as the woman commanded her, while her mother's thoughts immediately turned to her favorite older daughter. Fanny, Fanny, come here, come here. With a roll of eyes and a sigh of exasperation, the girl put down her hand mirror and walked to where her mother stood, pointing at the table and its small pile of precious jewels and flowers. Look at what comes out of your wretched sister's mouth when she speaks. Then, turning to Emily, she demanded that she say something. All right, what would you have me say? She answered carefully. Well, as it turns out, her response was quite enough. Another fountain of sapphires, diamonds, and rubies, as well as dozens of tiny red roses, filled the air, and covered the floor. Look at all these gems, Fanny. Wouldn't you love, my dearest, to have the same wonderful gift bestowed upon you? As the older daughter screwed up her face in disgust, the mother pressed on. Now listen to me, you. All you have to do is go and trek to the fountain and when a certain poor woman beseeches you to give her a drink of fresh water, just give it to her, and do it with all of the kindness and sweetness you can find in your heart, my darling.
Oh, mother, please, she groaned. As if I would be caught dead going to gather water like some miserable peasant. And she pointed at her sister. The mother got unusually stern with her spoiled older daughter, grasping her dress collar lapels and pulling her face close so that her daughter was actually frightened by this uncharacteristic display of anger towards her from the mother who had idolized her since birth. You shall, said the mother in a low rumble, and do not let another minute pass. Do you hear me? Off you go. Now. So away she went, taking with her the best silver tankard in the house. She grumbled and kicked at the pebbles in her path for the entire mile and a half. When at long last, to her anyway, she arrived at the fountain, she sat down on a smooth rock, fixed her hair, caught her breath, and looked around her. Within moments, a stately figure emerged from the thick bush, but unlike the description of the woman who had visited her younger sister, this person was a lady most gloriously dressed. However, the dissimilarity ended there, for just as had been predicted, the woman approached the girl and asked for a drink of cold, fresh water. Now this was, as you probably suspect, the very same fairy who appeared to her sister, but had now taken the air and dress of a princess. Why? Well, she wanted to see just how far this girl's rudeness would go. Am I supposed to come to you? said the proud daughter. To serve you with water? Is that what you expect? I suppose the silver tankard was brought purely for your ladyship, was it? Very well, then. You may drink out of it, if it suits your fancy. And with that, she filled the tankard and shoved it towards the well-dressed woman, spilling half its contents as she did. Hmm, answered the fairy, sizing her up. You're not exactly the most compassionate person, are you? Fanny raised one eyebrow at her, in disbelief that she might say such a thing. True or not? The woman continued, but without showing even a trace of anger. Well, then, since you have so little breeding and are clearly and thoroughly unpleasant, I will give you a gift. From now on, every word you speak, yes, said the girl, there will come from your mouth a snake or a toad. The girl shot her a look that would have killed her had she been able, and with that, she turned on her heel and stomped back towards her house, empty pitcher swinging at her side. For she was not bringing home water for the household. That was her sister's job, not hers. And she could very well do it later. Soon enough, her mother, who had been watching out for her since the moment her older daughter left, spotted her huffing and storming towards the house and she cried out from the front door 
Well, daughter? She was awful, mother, answered the haughty, huffy daughter. And as she spoke, sure enough, two vipers and two toads came flying out of her mouth. Oh, mercy, cried the mother. What horror is this now? As her look-alike daughter cried and raged silently and pounded her fists on the dining-room table, her mother seethed. I know exactly who is responsible for this. It is that wretch of a sister of yours who has made this all happen. But don't worry, my darling. She shall pay for it. The woman stormed off in a huge fit of rage to exact her revenge on the poor child, who, hearing her heavy footsteps coming, fled the house as fast as her feet could carry her and went to hide in the forest near the house. It was there that she huddled for hours and hours near a quiet path in the woods. Quiet, that is until she heard the sound of a horse's hooves. Peering up over her crossed arms, which she had folded over her knees as she wept, she saw a startling sight. It was the king's son. He was returning from hunting, and seeing her sitting as still as could be, he pulled his shining horse to a stop, noting her gentle beauty and seeing her tears, he asked her why she cried. <laughs> Alas, sir, she sniffed, my mamma has chased me out of the house. The king's son, who saw five or six pearls and as many diamonds come out of her mouth as she spoke, was astonished, and seized with curiosity as to what was happening and why she had been turned away. Standing up tall and wiping her eyes with her apron, she then told him her whole story, even going as far back as her upbringing. She left out no detail, from her beginnings to her visitation by a poor woman in the woods who bestowed upon her this incredible gift. She went on to tell him that her wicked mother then forced her sister to go back and try to do the same but with disastrous and disgusting results. As Emily spilled out her heart to him, along with a cascade of jewels and flowers, she did so without a hint of shyness or shame. The king's son found himself not pitying her, but admiring her strength and immense kindness. He fell in love with her almost immediately and, taking into account how such a gift was worth any dowry or position in society that any other woman might offer, the handsome young man fell down upon one knee and asked her if she would be his wife and come to live with him at the palace. Emily shook her head in surprise. Was this really happening? And realizing that for her, this meant she would no longer have to live under the cruel and unfair rule of her despicable mother and sister. The girl asked him if he would treat her with kindness. He vowed that he would, 
And then she inquired that if the gift that had been bestowed upon her should ever vanish, would he love her still? He spoke to her with tears in his eyes and insisted that yes, yes, for the rest of his life he would love her and treat her gently and with respect, for that is what she truly deserved. And with that assurance, Emily agreed to be his wife. And so, pulling her on to his horse to ride in front of him, the prince took the young woman to his father's palace, and it was there that they were wed that very afternoon. While this couple lived a rich and happy life together for many, many years, what happened to Emily's sister and mother? They became known as the swamp dwellers that they always were in their cold, hard hearts. And together they lived out their lives in misery with only each other, oh, and many thousands of toads and snakes for company. I guess they can't all live happily ever after. For where would be the fairness in that, you might ask? <laughs> and with that, and a tale that reminds us to show kindness no matter who asks for it, lest one day we be in need of some ourselves, I will wish you a good night and sweet dreams.